It's just gone 721. Let's get into a, another story now. Here's an interesting one. There are new measures to bring orders, uh, order to strike action. There's a new code of good practice governing various aspects of strike action, which came into effect on the 1st of January this year. That's 2019. It is a welcome step towards eliminating violent and damaging strikes. But is it effective and will it rem- uh, uh, be be put into practice now in the past five years south africa's mining industry has faced perhaps some of the most prolonged and violent strikes and one could say even longer than that for example of course the five-month strike in the platinum sector uh in 2014 of course the likes of marikana as well having happened uh you've obviously right now got sibanya stillwater and their gold mines which have seen uh, about three people as well having been killed. So the wage increase story, those those strikes in the mining sector just continue to be affected. Let's chat to uh, Lizelle Lowe, who is a partner and employment law specialist at Weber Wenzel. Thank you so much for your time this morning and good morning to you, Lizelle. Uh, let's talk just about, you know, the, the, you know, this good practice or new code that has been put into practice. Uh, what actually, what, what does it say? Good morning. Thank you. It's nice to be here. The Code of Good Practice is not law. Um, It is, however, an instrument provided to the judges of the Labour Court to look at and to guide them uh, when they interdict strikes um, and and look at strike law. Uh, So what it says, it, it is a welcome step, as you've said, to bring a bit more balance to strike law. Mm. And um, it was, it, it originated from a NEDLAC in 2014 after the five-month platinum strike, which you mentioned, where all stakeholders in the industry got together um, and supports this. So it, it is a step in the right direction. Uh, it remains to be seen how effective it is. Um, if you ask, what does it say? It addresses three important things. First of all, balloting, second, pickets, and then thirdly, advisory arbitration. Balloting, uh, employers wanted an absolute secret ballot of union members before a union calls for a strike. Um, The code does not provide for an absolute secret ballot. Um, What our law does is that it forces a union to have provision for a ballot in its constitution in order for it to get registered. But if they don't have that ballot, you you can't interdict the strike. Now, that is, that is important because a lot of times employers feel that unions call for strikes, but the strike not supported by the members. Um, so that is why there was a call that there must be a ballot before strikes, but it did not find its way ultimately into the code. Um, then quickly on pickets and advisory arbitrations on pickets, um, there are various ways in which picketing rules can be established now. Um, and again, um, what employers would have wanted is that if there is a contravention of the picketing rules that the strike could be interdicted, the code does not go that far. Uh, the code says that the Labour Court can interdict the picket, not the actual strike if there is non-compliance. And then lastly, there's something very interesting on advisory arbitration. Um, the LRA now provides that the director of the CCMA can appoint an advisory arbitration panel in certain circumstances, for example, where the strike becomes protracted, violent, and it no longer fits with the purposes of um, collective bargaining. The only thing, though, is, um, which brings us back to the point how effective this code will be, is the award issued is not binding unless both parties accept it. 
So, yeah, absolutely, step in the right direction, um, but a little bit ineffective still, I think, to bring complete balance to strike law. So it's going to take a while then to get it completely right then, right? Because, you know, it, it perhaps continues to be a work in progress. We've just gotten Mining Charter 3.0, which is said to perhaps help and add some sense of stability as well to South Africa's mining sector. You add this to the mix as well, and it perhaps gives people assurances that things are moving in the right direction. But because we don't have a final answer in with regards to this, one as well do you think it delays the investment in south africa's mining sector do you think it delays the confidence in south africa's mining sector which continues to dwindle and still you know makes up a big proportion of south africa's gdp around eight percent or so yeah i think i think that must be right but i I must also emphasize that i do think it really is a good steps in the right direction um, I, I think ultimately it will boost investor confidence because investors see that something is being done there is a move um, um, towards balancing the situation when it comes to, to strikes and so forth our mining industry is unfortunately plagued not just by issues of labor um, you know but a whole lot of other issues as well on health and safety output optimization those kinds of things but yeah, ultimately i think it's a positive change you make note in, in, in um, there's a note here as well, just particularly with regards to the contrast in things that have happened in South Africa's mining industry compared to the rest of the world. Between 2007 and 2017, mining output in South Africa has fallen 8%, while employment in the mining sector as well has dropped 6%. In the same period, Australia's output has grown by 70%, and its mining employment has risen by 54%. Similarly, in Chile, output grew 2%, Unemploy or employment in the in the sector growing forty two percent. Now, yes, we face various and different sort of aspects with regards to mining, you know, between the three countries. But surely that sets a standard for where we should be going as probably one of the the countries with the highest mineral deposits still sitting in our in our very earth. No, absolutely. Look, we must go up. We must improve. We must improve our output and we must sort out our employment. Because as you say, if you look at countries like Australia and Chile, which is very comparable to us with regards to mineral resources, that is exactly where we should be and should be heading. And I I do think the change in legislation, even though a little bit toothless at the moment, might just be a step in in the right direction. Is there a continued conversation around this, though, right now? I know the, you know, the, the, the code has then been put in place, um, and you know, it, it, it's sort of a code, and it feels a little bit more like, uh, in, in, you know, in accounting terms, the likes of King 3, or now they're going to go into King 4, etc., and whatnot, that you, know, you ultimately have to, you, you can apply this. You don't have to, but it obviously stands you in good stead if you do. Um, if we get this right, you, know, you start moving in, in, in the right direction, do you, do you sense that there's a continued communication to make this more a law than just a sense of good practice and a code? I think so. And, and I think there really is a continued conversation because I don't know if you recall, just before the mining in Daba, I think on the first day of the mining in Daba, uh, undertaking was released, signed by all stakeholders in the mining industry, government, business and labour, um, wherein they again affirm their commitment to industrial peace, um, to bargaining in good faith when it comes to bargaining for wages and so forth. And the timing was right. It was released on the first day of the Indaba, all with the intention to boost investor confidence. So is there a continued conversation? Absolutely. Um, when the content of the conversation will become law, I don't know. But the fact that there is a code of good practice that our courts will take into account, 
um, I think um, stands in good stead at the moment. Lizelle Lowe, thank you so much for your time this morning. Hopefully, it really does stand us in good stead and move uh, strike law into a more balanced and, and an effective way for both parties, you know, to, to reach some sort of settlement as well and help the entire industry, which needs both the workers and uh, the companies as well. Lizelle Lowe is partner and employment law specialist at Weber Wenzel. That story there will be quite an interesting one to look out for and see how it then comes into a good practice and whether the practice is followed through by not just unions, by, by mining companies as well, because it all happens only in good faith. 7.30, your news headlines.